Welcome back this week. We're back with another great topic. I've been excited to talk about this one because I get the question all the time. You're probably wondering, why isn't my dog listening to me? I get that all the time and there is a reason behind it. Um, so the reason why your dog's not listening, one thing I want to talk about, which is very important, is applying the three Ds to your dog's dog training. And so you're probably thinking like, what the heck is like three Ds? What does that mean? And when I talk to my clients about the three Ds, which I'll name them off, which is duration, distance, and distraction. And before I jump into it, let me just go over briefly what each of that means. And then I can go into, you know, how to apply that to getting your dog to listen. So duration just means the length of time your dog has to maintain a behavior. So for instance, if you're asking your dog to sit, how long can your dog sit? Uh, we're talking about, you know, duration there. Can they sit for five seconds, 10, 15? So duration just means the amount of time your dog's able to you know, stand still for something. Um, talking about distance, distance is how far away your dog um, perform or can do that behavior. Um, and the further away you ask your dog to perform stuff, the harder it becomes, but we'll talk about that. And the biggest one is distraction. And that simply means anything else that's going on around your dog. And so when you ask them to do a behavior like sit, you have to think about what's going on around your dog. And you know, the more going on around your dog, the harder it's gonna be for your dog to perform that behavior when it's so much distraction. So when I talk about the three Ds, I'm talking about duration, distance, and distraction. Um, if you're still a little bit confused, let me break it down for you. Um, so for instance, um, when you're talking about your dog not listening to you, um, a lot of times, you know, I'll come to a client's home and I'll hear, you know, my dog is great indoors, but outside, you know, when I call them, they don't listen, they don't sit, they don't do anything. You have to apply the three Ds. And the biggest thing um, that comes up too is that, you know, once you apply the three Ds, duration, distance, and distraction, um, what usually comes up is that people get so excited and they kind of push ahead. So backtracking a little bit, let's just break the three down. So again, duration just means the amount of time a dog's gonna sit for something. So for example, if you want your dog to sit, right? And most people want their dog to sit and stay, not just like sit once and then pop up, right? So for instance, when you're working on duration, you want to work with no distractions around you. No, you don't want to work on distance yet. You want to work in a quiet environment. You just want to simply work on your dog sitting and making it easy for them. And the best way to think about this is if you were doing two activities like Scott, say you were playing a piano and you were doing a banjo, right? Would you practice those both at the same time? That's incredible. Or would you want to practice? Exactly. You would want to practice those individually so you can concentrate one on the other. So with that being said, when you're working on duration, distance, and distraction, you want to do it one at a time, starting with duration, and then you want to add in some distance and distraction. So with that being said, before you get started with that set, look at the environment, make sure there's no distractions going on or minimal distractions. And you want to make sure when you're asking your dog to sit, that you're standing close by them and you're not providing any distance yet, okay? So we're talking about duration and then what you do is you want to make it short and simple for your dog. Start off with a few seconds, like having them sit for like three seconds. And if it could do three seconds, you could do five. But if your dog happens to get up or anything, you want to make it easier for them and just do like a few seconds of sit instead. And so what happens though, you know, I clients get so excited. They do the sit stay, they work on duration, but then they're like, okay, let's just test it out. 
Let's see if they, we can move away and have a statewide walk to the door. And then she knows like, oh my God, my dog's not listening. I've been working on this sit and stay, but they're not, you know, I'm walking to the door and they're not staying. Why is that happening? Because you have yet to work on the distance. You have yet to work on um, the distraction factor of it. So why would they listen? Only thing you've been practicing is the duration for them to stay. And we do so too, like with our babies, right? So our babies are like standing up, going like this, and then they fall back down. And then sometimes we'll want to push them a little bit further when we really straighten. We should have just probably let them walk at their own. But when we do it, like, go on. Go on, you can do it and they're falling all over the place. But if we give them a few more times to practice on their own and work on, you know, just crawling, then they'll walk. And it's the same thing with the duration. Practice that first. Make sure you have a solid fit under your belt. And then you want to work on moving forward with working on distance and um, distraction. So when you work with RGI on training, do you know anything about the 3Ds or no? Not so much, but I think when we did the like obedience classes and that sort yeah. of thing we would do that. So initially, like the first class, the first section of classes was like inside. So obviously yeah. it's eliminating the outside distraction and then yep. we'd be close, work with them a lot for closeness and then exactly uh, and distance. And then like the next, it was actually, I think like a different like set of lessons that was mm -hmm. distraction. So basically like we're in exactly. that and then like the biggest one is distraction. So like the next package of uh, lessons was basically all outside of a park and then exactly. park, quieter park. But it's like, yeah, we had them on like the long lines and it was mm -hmm. like, that was the, the distractions of the hardest, hardest thing, like distance. And like you said, you know, duration are one thing, but then when you have distractions, other people, other dogs, everything, it's like yep. the squirrel factor, right? So it's exactly. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, you're working on a duration and stuff like that. And it sounds like the classes and just to let you guys in, let's let you in on a little secret. When we devise a training plan for you, when we come out to your home. We do um, put in the um, 3Ds, the duration, distance and distraction. And like I tell my clients, don't feel bad. And, you know, they get that look like, why didn't I know this? You probably wouldn't know this unless you were told by a dog trainer, unless you Googled it yourself. So don't feel bad. I'm telling you today. So you'll know uh, why your dog's not listening. So we use a sit, for example. So you're working on duration with the sit and you lever there's nothing going on and everything like that. And so what you want to do is start to add some distance, right? Because your dog's sitting really good. And so when you add distance, again, you want to start off simple for your dog and for yourself and make it easy. So just step one step away, tell your dog to stay. And you want to make sure you use the treats and all this to bri not bribe them, but to get them to do it more reliably. I can't believe I just said that. We're not bribing here. We just want them to perform the task. And so you want to give your dog a treat when they do stay. So they want to stay more often, right? And then if they can stay when you walk one foot away, then you can do two and three and four. And remember, if you walk away too, if you're walking away, and your dog gets up and follows you, that means you made it too hard for them. And so you just want to backtrack and warm them up again and just do one step away. And so you can play with that for a little bit. And when you're working on like duration and distance and stuff like that, you want to make sure you're probably asking yourself, so how do I know if we're doing one at a time, duration, distance, and distraction, when do I move on, right? To the distance and distraction. Yeah. So if we're working on duration you or distance or whatever one it is, you want to move on when your dog's reliably performing a behavior at 80%, okay? So if they're doing those sits at 80%, go ahead and add some short distances. And so then 
with the distances, uh, once they get that going, then you can add some distraction. And usually what I tell my clients is, you know, start in your house. If they're doing it in the house, you can go outside in the backyard if you have a backyard and you can take it on the road, we call it, and try it when you're out and about. But what you want to do is gradually build your dog up to the level of distraction you want them to perform the behavior. Because a lot of times where, you know, you're going wrong is, You'll have, you may have your dog sit inside the house, like, great, the same thing, you know, forcing your baby to walk or trying to help them along faster than with it wanting to. So start in the house and then next you know, you're like, okay, we're going to do this on a walk or we're going to do it out at the dog park. And they haven't been practicing in that environment. So you have to keep that in mind. So you want to start off with a gradual um, level of distraction. So start off in your home with no distraction. Take them outside in the backyard. You're probably thinking like, my backyard's not that distracting, but they have the leaves blowing around. They may have other dogs barking from another yard. And um, for, exactly like Scott said, yeah, Scott added about those squirrels. Yeah, squirrels too. It's all these type of noises going on. So that's a good next step to work on distractions instead of taking them out and about, thrusting them into the world, asking them to do sits like that. Um, so once you're working in your backyard and it's so used to doing it around all that distraction, then you could take it out and about and, you know, work on those sits door walks and ask them for sits, um, before going out the door, even that's a good one. Um, and so just keep in mind, um, when you're working on this, you're like, you know, you guys probably, I hope you have your pencil and pad here. You're like, okay, I know what I'm going to do for duration, distance and distraction. Just know that if your dog's not performing the behavior in the environment you're asking them to, that means it's too hard for them to do and that they're not used to working in that level of distraction. And your best bet is to take them out that situation if you can and um, work on a behavior in a less distracting environment if that, you know, makes sense. And so when you did the distraction part with Archie, what kind of things they do in class with you or just in general, what did you do? I mean, for us, it was definitely like, uh park scenario was like the hardest yeah. part so that was sort of the, the next level yeah. um and then it'd be how so like it almost we basically got to the park and then we reset like how you're saying like you almost start off from the beginning so you're very close to them short duration yes. increased duration increased distance and then as the it's introducing all the distractions so um and then it depended what time we went as far as like how busy the park was and so exactly you know, exactly that sort of thing Mm-hmm. And then they, we would be encouraged to practice, obviously, because only mm-hmm. once a week they have the class. So practice at home, figure mm-hmm. out, like, obviously, if he seems overwhelmed at a certain exactly. level, take him back a step and sort of like every dog is a little bit different. It's not all of them are going to pick it up as fast as each other. And it's just sort of being more uh, aware of how yes. they're reacting and then, you know, really understanding yes. and watching them and saying, okay, they're good. And then I know I think one tip was like when you're first doing distance and let me know if this is correct or not, mm-hmm. is like, walk backwards so you're facing them and then the next level is like turn your back yeah god yes 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 so what scott's saying is oftentimes when you're working on the sit stays and you're walking away and you tur- soon as you turn your back they it's, it's very hard for a dog they're like oh where are they going where are they going <laughs> and so you want to make sure that when you're working on those sit stays that you walk backwards so that you're not making it more distraction distracting by turning away there is going to be a point where you can turn away but right for right now you don't move backwards and Another great tip is um, when you're working on those sit stays, don't call your dog to you because then they think that when you do turn away, they can wrench up to you. What you want to do is just tell them to sit, stay, and walk back to them and treat them where they are in that stay. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, that's actually mm-hmm. one thing that you mentioned now just made me think of something that we were taught. And let me know if this is accurate, but like mm-hmm. um, 
a stay. And like what you're saying, a stay is not for them to come to you. It's for them to stay there until you come back to them. Exactly. Wait, but a wait command is for them to come to you. So like you have, you tell wait and it's like, yes. that's like a stay. And then a you walk and, and yes. there's a release to a wait, right? And then they, yeah. then they come to you. You dog trainer. Yes, Scott's absolutely. I love it when my clients. I like. Yeah, you got the talking dog trainer to me. I love it. You know, Scott's absolutely right. Wait is very different from stay. Stay means you want them to stay there for a long period of time. Um, and wait's more like a temporary thing, like waiting at the door, waiting for you know, waiting for the door to be released out to go, waiting for your food to be put, the dog's food to be put in the down ground, then releasing them to get that. So you're absolutely right about that. And so you know, piggybacking off that. Um, now that you're saying that, I know I, um, we're talking about the three D's here, but there's so many other factors that take that go into play when it comes to getting your dog to listen. But those are the main ones. And you also want to remember to treat often and liberally um, to make your dog want to do that more reliably. And no, treats are not a bribe. We're just getting them to learn to, to do it more often because they do enjoy treats. And then eventually we do fade that out. But for now, while they're learning those new behavior, you do want to use treats and um, also making sure that they're doing it reliably and that you can go ahead and keep progressing like that. But um, putting it all together, like I said, um, work on one at a time, duration first, distance and distraction. And just know when you're working on these, um, when you switch to like, say you're doing duration and then you switch to distraction, you're also making it harder for the dog um, to stay. So you just want to make sure um, every time you start like a new, like uh, distance, duration, or anything like that, that you make one easier for the dog. So for instance, if you're working on sit, stay with duration, again, um, you don't want them to stay for a long time because you're moving further away. So that's why we only move one step away first before doing like 10 feet, because then it'll make the duration a little bit longer. It may be a little bit confusing, but um, it's like literal. That makes sense. Literally. Yeah, baby steps. Exactly. Literally. Baby steps. Yep. So I hope you gained um, some good insight into why your dogs do not listen. If you have any additional questions, I know sometimes this can be tricky if you're not a dog trainer. Um, you can always reach out, out to me. I'm around. You can DM me. You can email me. You can call me. Um, but um, hopefully this will have you guys on the right track. Um, Scott, do you have anything to piggyback off of here? Uh, all that good stuff. And then obviously like if you don't have time to always watch our videos, check us out on our podcast. We yep. put these, turn these in the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those mm -hmm. good places. And obviously, yeah. if you uh, also it'd be awesome if you leave a review and uh, yeah, yeah, however you can help us out with that, that'd be great. But that's all mm -hmm. I got for today. So, uh, all right. So we'll see you next week and um, enjoy your week and your weekend. Right, Bye. See you later.